welcome to the Breakout Growth Podcast, where Sean Ellis and Ethan Gar interview leaders from the world's fastest growing companies to get to the heart of what's really driving their growth. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Ellis and Ethan Gar. All right, in this week's episode of the Breakout Growth Podcast, Ethan Gar and I chat with Victoria Reaper, the founder and CEO of Ukraine-based BetterMe, a suite of mobile apps that offer coaching and tools for mental and physical health and wellness. So you might have noticed that we haven't published an episode for the last couple of weeks. And actually, we even debated uh, quite a bit whether we would do one or not this week. Right now, the world is focused on Ukraine, and we don't want to do anything to take that focus off. But as I mentioned, Victoria and the BetterMe team are Ukrainian, and if this can help amplify her calls for needed help, then we thought it would be appropriate. So as much as we hope you will find value in the growth insights Victoria shares, the reason why we wanted to post this episode now actually has less to do with growth and more with the fact that Victoria and the vast majority of BetterMe's 230-person team are based in Ukraine. There has been a vibrant startup scene in Ukraine that includes huge successes like Grammarly. In fact, much of my team in the early days of Growth Hacker, uh, Growth Hackers was also in Ukraine. So, you know, we hear all these numbers in Ukraine, these terrible numbers of deaths and refugees, and that's awful. But we thought it was important to hear from one person to really learn the, the pre-war story of some of those affected. Their lives are in danger along with millions of others, and we just wanted to take a moment to share some thoughts and, and to ask you to consider helping those in need if you can. When we recorded this episode, few believed that Russia would invade Ukraine, so it was easy to focus on growth learnings. That's the stuff we love. We were excited to share Victoria's insights about her team's approach to learning from customers and building apps that she said really feel like they're your friends. BetterMe has actually amassed more than 100 million downloads worldwide, and they genuinely are an amazing breakout growth success story. But everything came into such sharp, sharp focus when we saw Victoria desperately posting calls for help on LinkedIn, and when she shared a similar plea with us in a private email. In growth, we're almost always focused on empathy. We talk about it in almost every episode. So we did want to take a moment here because if there ever was a time for all of us in the growth universe to channel our empathy for something positive, this is that time. Yeah, and for sure. You know, my wife, she's Russian, but she strongly opposes the war. She has friends and family in both Ukraine and Russia and has been very active with humanitarian relief. I, I work with a lot of Russians that strongly oppose the war. It's a it's a tough situation all around. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of stress and anxiety uh, that this life and death situation is presented and, and I'm seeing it firsthand. Yeah, and just last week when I was at my dentist, I was seeing firsthand how difficult this situation is for real people too. My dentist actually emigrated from Ukraine and his family is still there. I watched him just struggling to keep it together as he worked on my teeth while relatives were sending him updates about a missing family member. Yeah. I mean, the situation in Ukraine is obviously having massively disruptive forces on business, but that pales in comparison to the disruption in people's lives. So this isn't just a public service announcement. As always, we do hope that you'll find value as you listen to this conversation. But we do also hope that you'll take a moment to reflect on the achievements and contributions of Ukrainians. Yeah, and we sincerely hope that Victoria and her team are okay and our hearts are with all those in danger. So in the show notes, we're, we're going to include some of the things that Victoria has shared um, that, that she mentioned would be important for providing support. So please check out the show notes and try to try to provide some help if you can. 
just yeah, mostly though we just want to thank you for listening yeah thanks very much Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the Breakout Growth Podcast. Hi, Sean. It's, uh, it's great to have you on. And I'm also joined by my co-host, Ethan. Hey, Ethan. Hey, Sean. Hey, Victoria. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> so, um, so, Victoria, um, for those who might be unfamiliar with Better Me, can you tell us uh, a bit about what it is and, and how you generally describe the business? Okay. Better Me is a leading behavioral health care co- company. Our products have more than 100 million users all over the world, and we stand for a holistic approach to health and well-being. And that is why there are two main apps in our collection, Better Me Health Coaching and Better Me Mental Health. Our apps have been on the most downloaded health and fitness apps list since 2018, and we teach people to let go of their unrealistic expectation and instead focus on long-term success. You can get there with restrictive diets, exhausting workouts, or disregarding your mental health. The only way to keep the result permanent is focusing on your body's needs and recalibrating your mindset. Better Me is a platform that will help you cultivate new healthy habits, which eventually will transform into a healthy lifestyle. Wow. That's a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a, a lot of detail there. So um, why don't we start with, with even just who the, who the typical customer is and, and maybe the, the problem that they have when they're, when they're seeking Better Me. Uh, we designed Better Me for those at the beginning of their health and fitness journey, no matter the gender, age, nationality, color of skin, or physical abilities. Better Me is creating products that serve everyone. We want to make a healthy lifestyle as accessible and inclusive as possible. We personalize our content for different groups of people. For example, the Better Me Health Coaching app includes workouts for middle-aged seniors, people using wheelchairs, and families with children. Wow. And the um, and then on the mental health, you, you mentioned you have mental health as well as kind of physical health um, is... Uh, what sort of what what do the services look like or, or the app experience look like for mental health? Uh, for mental health, uh, we talk about uh, solving real problem of the people. It's like a simulation of uh, psychotherapy uh, to resolve special problem. For example, one of the top uh, key problem is uh, like uh, I miss my ex. It's like uh, sleep disorders. It's like emotional burnout and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they have these problems and then, and then they maybe could go to a, to a therapist um, or, or they could try to self-help. And, and I'm assuming that, that you're, you're really more in if they want to self-help uh, that, they, that they would go that path. Is that right? Yeah, it's right because we believe that uh, we can – make psychotherapy and uh, more accessible across the world because it can pay only $10 and we can attract to create a program, one of the best psychologists uh, in the United States. Oh, that's, a, that's amazing. I, I think especially during the COVID pandemic, uh, 
people are under so much stress these days um, to, to be able to have that affordable, accessible help is is really powerful. So um, so that's great. But Ethan, I, I should bring you in here before <laughs> I go on a, on a deep dive and with all of my questions. Uh, go, go ahead. I'm sure you've got some as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I actually, I've, I've been playing, I've been using the Better Me app, the health health app, but I haven't played with the mental health app. And I was curious, is that when, just getting a little more to Sean's question. So when you say psychotherapy, is are there actually psychotherapy services available through the app? Or is it more of, um, uh, is it kind of like, more like um, health and wellness sort of, um, mental health and wellness sort of more like a calm or um, uh, one of the apps in that space? Um, we started maybe our positioning from calm and meditation. And then after we have a lot of question, like to the therapy, we understood that anxiety, depression is and uh, sleep, it's like a consequence, not as a cause. But cause is really problem of the people. I have anxiety when I at home with my three children and etc etc how to resolve this and we understood that we need to provide service how to resolve a uh, real question of the people and after that we just make like a pivot to the more psychotherapy uh, for example if we talk about uh, like um when you need to recover from breakup and relationship, first of all, it's like a problem. Uh, you just st uh, start your journey in the simulation, uh, like uh, chat with a psychotherapy um, therapist. And then if you want more, not like simulation, you can uh, go direct with our coach and maybe have a one-on-one -on -one call on etc. But start from the easy therapy in simulation. Understood. Um, so can you take us a little bit back to the sort of your journey and the beginning of the, the journey that is better me? Tell us a little bit about, I mean, a hundred million users is incredible. Tell us how you got there and where it all started. Okay. Uh, born into a family where every man struggled with their weight. I was always told that weight was a family problem and uh, that there was nothing I could do about it even as I teen I knew that uh, finding an effective solution to this challenge would not only make me happy but could also help others uh, who struggle with the similar issues uh, that's how I started to learn all I could about my mind and body and experimented with a variety of diets and exercise routines. Throughout my university years and my first job, I found myself still tormented by the feeling that my dreams were left unrealized. So at 24, I left my job to pursue my childhood dream. My idea was to build the app uh, that would make losing weight fun and easy. Wow. So is what we see today in the app very much the vision you had or has it changed a lot from the beginning to now? Of course, they change a lot from the beginning to now <laughs> because when you start a business, you have like a <laughs> unrealistic approach uh, of the reality when you run to the 100 million installs and have a lot of uh, test and learn, fail fast and cheap, uh, and speed is everything mantras, you totally 
think deeper and understand better your your audience and what their market and people need and how to resolve their problem in the fastest and best way. Yeah, you uh, you definitely have the Silicon Valley uh, mentality as you talk about the the need for agility and the fail fast and. <laughs> um, I'm I'm wondering how much of that came out of I, I saw the your experience with the uh, the Stanford Executive Program and the Apple Entrepreneur Camp um, has that been uh, pretty instrumental in in your thinking around how to approach a startup or do you feel like it, it comes more naturally to you or um, a lot of resources in Ukraine that you also have like maybe, maybe give us a little insight in in how you've learned to approach uh, the startup world. Um, maybe uh, for my, uh, uh, for me, it's like learn from everything and learn from everyone. I used a mix from uh, good education, good mentors, of course, at Stanford. And second, the best uh, teachers is our users, of course. Right, right. I love that. And do you, um, do, is there a, a pretty good, um, founder and, and startup community where, where you live, where you can um, learn from, from people around you? Or is it, or, or do you find that the, uh, like I'm saying the physical community versus uh, do you find it, it kind of more valuable in um, obviously the customer side, I think that's great, but also uh, the, on actually how to approach the test learn. And, and there's so much great public learning around startups now um, so comparing to like finding, finding resources more online or, or do you, do you get more from just other entrepreneurs in your local, uh, area? Uh, maybe 90% is my online education and to get to, to new knowledge. Of course, the Silicon Valley insights and founders is number one and uh, you don't need to reinvent something new. Uh, but of course, 10% it's uh, from uh, Ukraine, Kiev founders. We have a big community, uh, big uh, firm like, uh, for example, Petcube, uh, Macpo, and other big founders who uh, built a really successful business uh, in the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we were talking before the call that I uh, helped to start two companies in hungry in Eastern Europe. And, uh, it was, it was kind of before a lot of the, um, learning moved online. So I think in some, some ways there was an advantage for us, um, to kind of invent as we, as we did things. So we, we maybe got a little bit outside of the, uh, the Silicon Valley, uh, echo chamber, we call it where everybody says the same things. Um, but even to tell you the truth, even I was in Boston for, for many years and New York and um, and there really wasn't at the time I was in those places, a great startup community uh, helping each other. And it was really refreshing when I when I moved to Silicon Valley and just pe people are, are very open and helping. But it's it has been great that that's moved online in in recent years and, and has really become accessible, I think, to the whole world. Um, it's 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 fun to watch the evolution. <laughs> yeah, not really a question there, but more. Um, yeah, just the observation from from my shared experience of, of starting companies in uh, 
outside the United States where our primary customer base was in the United States. Okay. Yeah. I'll, 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 th- I'll throw out a question. <laughs> um, so Victoria, um, what, you mentioned how important it's been to learn from customers. And I know from my own experience in the, in the world of apps, um, we all really aspire to really deeply engage with our customers, but with apps, it can actually be a little challenging. I'm curious for you, how have you led the t- your teams to really engage with customers and what tools and, and systems have you used so that you can actually really learn from your customers? Is it just diving into the data or is it about talking to the customers one-on-one? So there are different uh, approaches. Uh, first, of course, it's a really big analytics team for us. We just uh, measure everything and understood uh, what really works for us. But for the first time, we have a lot of, um, uh, we used a service like Test Flight. And uh, before we launch a- any new feature, we just test uh, on uh, real people in the United States how they uh, interact with the new interface, what they thought, what they feel. Because for today, we are focused mostly on um, educational. First, when you go to InterUp, you educate what is weight loss and etc. And uh, for us, it's really great feedback that uh, we get from our customer from first insight, maybe after 40 iteration, that... Uh, when they intera- interact with our app, they feel that it's like a friend. In terms of text, in terms of no push, it's like your friend and you're in cafe and they would like to help you resolve the problem with excess weight. Is there some specific place where you had that aha moment? where you learn that from your customers? Is there something yeah. where you were talking to a customer? Uh, we focused previously uh, a lot of work with um, psychologists. What is the best way and how people feel yourself when they start successfully lose weight? So for us, step one, Feeling, feeling of our users, feeling of our customer, no pressure, no push. We are your friend. We don't have uh, requirements. We not say that you are lazy and etc. etc. We are here to help, and there are different approaches that help. Please just try. Is it is it more? Um exercises that they go through or are they connecting with an actual therapist or what what's the actual experience like for the user uh if we speak about uh, uh, our health coaching uh first of all we are started from educational pro- program it's simulation of course like a therapist um and uh, we need to explain what is the yo-yo dieting because when people install battery maybe they used previously for 20 times to lose weight. It's on average. Uh, Okay, approach. So uh, we just need uh, to explain what is your dieting and try to change filter of reality to think what is the emotional trigger when you are craving, when you have binge eating, 
what is the key emotional trigger? Because in reality, we believe in concept of primary and secondary food, secondary to what on our plate. Um, and it's not a key reason of excess weight because key reason is the primary food. And it's our career, it's our relationship, it's our spirituality. And first of all, you need to find out the reason here. And we help to maybe not only uh, resolve the problem of excess weight, but, but find the problem in career, in relationship. And for the most of people today, food, it's resolved the problem, but it's not resolved. And it's, and it's a problem. Yeah. Did you start with, with, I mean, it sounds like you started with the weight from what you were talking about. You started with the weight management um, and then, the mental health part was that that was later in the business came in. Yeah, we are totally believe in approach to change the body, start with the mind. Yeah, and that's what that's what gets me thinking is that um, it's they're so connected. Obviously, weight and and uh, as you said, kind of the emotional eating, the the emotional triggers that um, that it, it's hard to do it without without. Uh, without dealing with the psychology side of things and, and uh, you know, it's not just stop eating so much when you're hungry. It's, it's what, what is driving you to eat that much? So it's, it's uh, it makes sense that you would, that you would be in both the, the kind of physical health management side and, and mental health management side. I'm and, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah. I was curious with that. If, if it was a, when you decided to add the mental health app, if you thought, was that a tough decision in terms of making it a separate app versus trying to include it in the existing app? Or was it clear that you wanted to make it a separate app? Oh, we have started our businesses from seven different apps. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now shrink to two because um, one year ago we have a lot of, um, a request from B2B market and for B2B it's really important first of all not physical health but mental health and we try to make a super app and everything in one app but for us it's really hard to connect everything so now we believe and maybe physical and mental health and have two different apps with two different approaches. Yeah, so that that sounds like uh, maybe one of the the big challenges that you faced in the business was kind of thinking about, you know, do we do we do this all in one app? Do we do it in seven apps? And now you've you've come to to doing it in two apps. Um, would you say that's been probably one of the the biggest challenges in the business, or is there something else that comes to mind that's maybe an even bigger challenge? Um, I hope the biggest challenge is um, solve problem of our users in the most fastest way. <laughs> and it's only the tools. The tools, how we can optimize our user journey and help them to achieve results. That's it. And of course, it's different. It's three in five. Uh, it's only one up. Um, and it's, it's hard when you have a lot of content from the first session and people just have a lot of cognitive pressure and go out. 
So for us, it's easy to provide uh, maybe from education, from a small interface piece and etc. Because after user testing, we understood if we show everything, our functionality is really hard for people because they don't understand from what to start. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a sense that, you know, when you say the biggest challenge solve the user problems, um, that, that actually starts to sound like the, the challenge of product market fit, <laughs> um, where, uh, you know, that, that if I think what eludes most startups that, that don't succeed is, is coming up with the right solution. And maybe sometimes that's not being able to really understand the customer problem and solve the customer problem. So um, at, at what point did you did you feel like you had product market fit? Do, do you feel like you have it now or is it a daily thing to, to keep trying to get better product market fit? Or was there was there something where it's like now we now we really we have the right solution out there and, and can start trying to just still improve it. But we kind of that magic moment. Uh, we don't have magic moment for today. If I talk about weight loss market, there are a lot of big company in weight loss, but when 80% of United States citizens have excess weight, there are no best company. So for me, it's really challenge how to help people record their might in mm-hmm. the most fastest way. Mm-hmm. But you, so you have a hundred million downloads of the app, I believe is what you said. Um, you, you have to have something right in the solution to get there. Um, did you, did you have a time in the business where it was growing slowly and then suddenly it started to grow very quickly or is it just every day a little bit better and, and a little bit kind of steeper in that growth? Yeah, it's. Uh, we believe in this approach uh, of uh, small steps, not only in recommendation for our users, but of course in our corporate challenges, because it really um, grow gradually, day by day, and the better me business started from me, <laughs> and now it's uh, two hundred people. <laughs> so we grow gradually and hope the sky is not its limit. So, so, but you're familiar with the concept of product market fit, right? Are you you're familiar with the, the, the term? Do you, do you think it's real? Do you believe in, in that uh, products that don't have product market fit usually fail and that, and that it's, it's a big challenge for startups to get to product market fit? Or is it more like what you said where it, it goes from a little bit right on the solution to better, to better, to better that, that gradual approach. Because I, I think the conventional thinking is that, is that you don't have it and then one day you have it. But it doesn't sound like that's been your experience. Of course, it's a mixture of an idea and uh, relevant, maybe measurable goals, uh, team and thoughtful management. Um, when we find ourselves in any unusual situation, I keep returning to the scaling quote. I really love it. Kaufman prioritizing speed over efficiency in the face of uncertainty. Uh, it feels like a great ma- mantra. It certainly helps uh, 
me to get through the day with the pro- process to show uh, for it. And um, when we go to the health and fitness, um, fitness market is full of different products for weight loss. Uh, but uh, Better Me is um, unique because of the team and our vi- vision of uh, healthy lifestyle. And I don't, uh, maybe for, for my journey for five years, I don't believe that you can find product market uh, fit for one night. Mm-hmm. It's impossible in our industry, especially. Right. Yeah, it's just such a big challenge that it's, you, you, you have to keep trying to get a little bit better every day, it sounds like. You mentioned that you're, that the team is very analytical and you've really used data to help drive, drive growth. Is there something within, you know, within that, that data that you, within that approach that you think has made you really effective? Is there, is there some part of, of the approach that you feel sets better me apart from other businesses in terms of how you look at analytics and how you measure success? Um, okay, at Vitrami, we are measuring success in, uh, f- first of all, monthly active users. It's crucial for us to give more people a tool to reach their goals and build a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and, of course, uh, for us, uh, is it's like a first metrics, and second, it's uh, how people achieve their results in terms of weight loss or build muscle. But monthly active users is the is is the main metric that you're yeah, yeah. gauging that on. And then, um, what what does a monthly active user mean for you? Does it does it mean they they log into the app one time in the month? Does it mean that there's there, there's some kind of some kind of mm-hmm. consistency to to usage? Uh, we have uh, like complex metrics. What is the monthly active usage that's not just uh, open the push it's maybe one workout one uh, log uh, of the food and etc so it's complex internal uh, metrics and then how how much do you feel like the you know you said you have 200 people now in the in the company do you feel like most people understand across the company uh, how how you grow that metric um, or is it something that's really just the growth team maybe that's, that's focused on, on growing monthly active users? Uh, no, for us, I hope maybe <laughs> uh, we have um, planning every quarter and uh, used OKR, which one show us what is the key metrics and uh, then split this uh, key uh, metrics for the different team and measure, of course. It's technical, it's support, how they can improve. And after three months, we, of course, stop and measure how we can achieve our objectives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, as someone who has used an app, for, for me personally, have, have, I've used an app in, in recent years for uh, weight loss and it worked really well. And then, you know, the, the pandemic, uh, it's just sometimes hard to stay focused on it. Um, is, you know, as at the end of the day is, is, is that what success looks like for you that, that people reach their weight goals or, um, 
maybe just that they're happy? Is that more important than reaching their weight goals or, or, or are the two tied together? Like, so success on an individual level, what does that look like? Uh, for us, it's a different group of users. First of all, uh, there are, of course, people who come to us to uh, lose weight. It's the first group. Second group, it's just stay fit. And third, it's build muscles. And there are different metrics of success. But nevertheless, I totally believe if people um, go maybe three times to our app and make at least 20 minutes workouts, they increase the level of endorphins. And of course, they feel better. Right, right. Yeah, it's amazing how much exercise has, uh, has, has a tie into happiness, for sure. I, I noticed that your app, you, you're very... Um, aggressive, and I don't mean in a, in a negative way at all, with your use of push notifications to help drive those cycles to get me as a, as a user to build a habit around this. Is that something that you're, you've focused on as a, as a team holistically, or is there like one group within your company that really tries to work on getting that messaging right and getting people into that healthy habit through that external trigger? Uh, we use di different approaches, of course, uh, and test a lot. So, of course, we have the group with really aggressive uh, push notification, but it's never stopped the process in terms of our approach because as we have super up in terms of our physical health and if people, uh, for example, pick up only track calories or just uh, three times running workout, so it's a different push notification. I see. So the push notifications try to learn from you try to learn from the customers what their what their yeah. behaviors are and then adjust them around that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, like I said, it seems really um, it seems like a really smart and thoughtful approach to push notifications and trying to build engagement around that. So um, uh, and it's funny because uh, over the holiday weekend here, I uh, I purchased the treadmill and I thought, oh wow, this is a <laughs> Because it's getting cold out here and where I am, and I thought, oh, this is a this is this is neat, and I see how the push notifications are so encouraging in terms of getting me, you know, go use that treadmill you just paid for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so Ethan and I have a walking meeting every day, um, <laughs> and uh, as it starts to get colder weather where he lives, uh, I assume the walking meeting will now move to the treadmill. Sometimes <laughs> it, it may, although the treadmill I picked up is super loud, so I'm not sure you'll be able to hear me <laughs> if, we're, if I'm on it. But uh, we'll see. Uh, but um, but no, I, I do think um, one of the, you know it's funny because uh, I was joking with a friend. I said you should never buy a new treadmill because. Anytime you go on Craigslist, there's you know hundreds of them available yeah, right. for people that have, have have kind of given up. Been used once, <laughs> but I think what we're seeing, and you know, Sean um, spoke to the CEO of Mirror, and we've um, we had a great uh, conversation with the CEO of Noom, another app in your space, and it seems like apps can be really complementary to these tools in a way where they can actually really, you know, it's it's one thing to go out and buy a tool to go get yourself to work out. But the motivation has to be has to become internal, um, and it feels like an app like Better Me can really help drive that that cycle of getting people to feel like this is part of their daily lives and an important part of it. And I, I'm just curious, is you know, it, it seems like for that to be effective, it's a matter of your team. And you've mentioned now that you're 200 people. It, it seems like your team really has to be focused on the end customer, end user goals, and how they get there. 
how how do you create the environment, the culture where people on your teams ever, you know, as Sean was alluding to this with in terms of the metrics, but how do you get everybody just culturally to believe that in in this approach and how to think about getting the end users to their goal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a crucial importance to create an environment where talent can thrive to foster this environment via the better meaning, give voice to every team member and uh, everyone can improve user experience and everyone care about our users. And managers listen to every idea and help implement the best ones and uh, test them on the product itself. Every team member has the freedom to be creative and at the same time has responsibility for the outcome. Yeah, so I, speaking of like growing that team to, to 200, um, I've, I've been many times on, on the journey with companies where, um, you know, it's a very different company when it's 10 people. And then, you know, when it's 50 people or 100 people or 1,000 people, um, it just, they, the, it, it's hard to have the same culture and, and, you know, the different challenges come up for, for me personally, it seems like around 30 people is a really difficult, uh, transition because maybe you don't know everyone as well after 30 people. Um, have you found that as, as the company's grown, that it's, harder to keep everyone on the same page and, and to keep that, that strong culture focused on customers? Um, or, or have you found ways that um, it, it seems to not be so challenging um, by just having a strong mission? Uh, I believe in terms of management, everyone was uh, <laughs> found out before my management and uh, the key crucial uh, rule of uh, management is you manage seven plus minus two person. And it doesn't matter. It's 10 person, 30 person, 50 person, 200 person. My N minus one level of management is crucial for me. And I help to create them N minus two management. And that's it. But my key team is seven plus minus two. That's it. So it's about having the right, the right uh, direct reports to you who, and if you, if you do a good job keeping them on the same page and they do a good job keeping their teams on the same page that, that it tends to scale well. Yeah, absolutely right. You meant, you mentioned you use OKRs to sort of manage the whole process. Has that been an important piece for you in, in being successful and have you found it challenging as well? Um, of course, if we talk about new launches and new products for BetterMe that are um, too crucial for the next stage of business, I control it by myself. But uh, if we have about operational processes, business, business as usual. Gotcha. So the OKRs are, are help from the operational standpoint, but from the creativity standpoint, like the, the larger sort of create a vision for the company, you feel like you have to drive that from from your from your personal kind of approach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and what about mistakes that you see other leaders make? Do you, are, are there are there things that you see others make that you say, oh, that's, that's not good, don't do that, or are you just focused so much on your own 
on your own situation that you're you're not too worried about what other people do? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's maybe a three crucial mistakes. It's first of all bureaucracy. Um, it's quite a common mistake leaders make nowadays. I think that creating a process for a process rather than for a goals and devastating the time uh, of human resources. So first of all, deliver the results, not the process. Is the key mantra. And second is um, not listening, the lack of active and respectful listening and two-way communication between team and leaders is clear. Uh, should come in for many companies. And uh, third, of course, is micromanagement. Um, this is where you ultimately kill your team motivation and creativity. And of course, the issues leaders should delegate. Mm-hmm. And hopefully OKRs help with that by keeping people more focused on objectives rather than on exactly how they achieve the objectives. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe changing changing uh, directions a little bit and talking back to the the growth engine of the of the Better Me business. Uh, how how do most new customers find out about Better Me? Uh, if we talk about uh, acquisition, uh, you mean? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, we have uh, today maybe thirty percent of uh, our organic users. Um, it drives by our social media, about 10 million, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, our subscribers, where we just provide um, free content. And if people trust us, they want to download app. And of course, we have a big uh, blog on our website. And today, when people uh, searched uh, uh, something about weight loss, um, they go to our site uh, to find, of course, uh, free content uh, made by doctors or therapists. And, of course, if they trust, they download our application. Um, And 70% is paid marketing acquisition, like in everyone, Facebook, Google, and etc. And when you're doing the paid marketing, are you are you promoting the app directly, or is it is it promoting more the content and bringing them down that that uh, content engine that you just talked about? No, uh, we promote app directly. Pro- promote the app directly. Okay, and and then do you have a free trial on the app, or is it is it um, only the paid? We have uh, different approaches, and of course, it's. Uh, Never stop tests. Uh, right. <laughs> I have different one-time payment. We have a different trial for different programs. So uh, I can say oh, only this monetization. Okay. Monetization is never stop process. <laughs> so, yeah, just constantly optimizing to figure out what works best in what situation. Uh, in the most cases, if you talk about weight loss, uh, Harvard uh, researches a lot, uh, and uh, I see it uh, now at numbers when uh, people pay it in advance. For example, for one year, they have uh, t- twice bigger retention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, certainly with apps, uh, that that's true. If you can get people onto yearly subscriptions, it can be very valuable in terms of lifetime value. What um, 
I, like I said, I went through, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a user now. Um, and I, I noticed, um, the onboarding process, uh, was, was actually very educational in itself, the questions you were asking, but I'm curious if you want, if you could take, take our audience a little bit through the, the journey that a user takes from download to becoming a a user and and a fan of the, of the app. Um, we have started uh, in terms of our marketing creatives, in terms of our content. So uh, we tried on the first point before users download the app, explain a lot. And uh, start that you have a personalized quiz to understand uh, what is what should be your ideal weight or how to achieve your goals and build puzzles and etc. And then when people download um, and go through the quiz and onboarding, they continue your onboarding in educational program with a, like a simulation of the therapy. Right. So I, I noticed that as I was as I was going through the onboarding, it felt like I was being quizzed, but quizzed for my own benefit. Would you say that's that's like that's sort of the approach, like? ask questions to get the customer thinking about their own health? Yeah, of course. If we talk about uh, weight loss, it's first of all, you need to provide people a lot of details and they should understood what is a different approach because I have a lot of diet, I have a lot of exercise, nothing helped me. So you should show them what is the different how you different mm-hmm. so that that's i i would say that your industry is probably the most difficult in terms of uh in terms of retention so if just the two that you said whether it's exercise or it's weight loss everybody wants to do it but so many people stop doing it. So obviously the success in, in apps is, is around keeping customers. What do you, what do you think is the most important thing that you're doing that, uh, that helps you keep customers? Uh, yes. <laughs> if, if we talk about, um, we compete in the most case, uh, not with other weight loss uh, apps or programs. We compete with the Netflix yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and human Spotify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in reality, we try to, to give people and sell, maybe first of all, sell what they want and then give them what they need. So, of course, we started from the, you need to lose weight, start uh, easy exercise uh, uh, to your body and etc. something easy. And when they go to the application, we just provide them a piece of information and be, we believe help them to think different on the weight loss process and understood that it's not for one night. And it's not for from the first Monday and from the first January. It's like a different approach and you need to work with us. Mm-hmm. Helping them change the rest of their life. <laughs> it sounds like to some degree, like, a, which is, which is really difficult, <laughs> but, uh, but important. So 
for for a user who maybe uh, you know, like you said, tried dieting and tried you know different things, to probably failed twenty times, as you said. Who do you think? What do you think the the person who succeeds with Better Me and becomes just a raving fan of, of the app and, and uses it for a long time because it's so effective for them. What do you think is different about that person versus people who don't succeed with it? Oh, the key crucial thing is discipline. Discipline is a freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to do everyday routine. And uh, if you are failed, you don't need to find new approach, new diet, new exercise, you need to start again from the first day. That's it. Mm-hmm. So do, yeah. you, do you offer that in the app? Is there kind of a um, let's start again mode in the app if they if they start to slip over too long of time? Uh, yeah, we just provide and uh, there's this idea. But for people, it's really hard to understand that if they want uh, new diet from the Monday and on Tuesday something went wrong. It something went wrong not with the diet, not with the app. <laughs> you need to start with yourself. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Which is hard because you, your tool is the app to try to change them their self to some degree, but um, yeah, if it's, uh, I think that just the the angle that Ethan was going there about. Not just how how are those people different in how they experience the product, but are they are they different type of people? And and you said discipline is is maybe really important, but if they had such strong discipline, maybe maybe they wouldn't need the app to start with. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a very challenging place, but obviously um, obviously I think the uh, success that you've had with it um, means that you're you're figuring it out every day through the testing that you're doing. So that's, that's good. Congratulations on the, on, on the progress of, uh, of, of doing that. And I, I have to assume that the, that the mission, you know, knowing how much good you're doing in the world when you're successful, um, gives you a lot of energy in, uh, in, in being able to keep working hard every day to, to drive success. Is that, is that, is that true or? <laughs> Yeah, I, I really believe that first of all, I need like a CEO and my uh, key team uh, manage the energy and not the time. And for me, of course, uh, I used everything. My energy starts from exercise in the morning, one hour every day. And second is the uh, right eating habits. So everything that I promote in our application, I use by myself and I know that it's like a great never stop origin of the energy that they can convert in something useful to the world. That's great. It, it does seem like the, your own personal passion has driven the success of better me quite a bit. And I think, um, you know, really great CEOs are always effective in, in sharing their experience and then helping the team understand why that experience matters, not just to them, but to that larger audience. So congratulations on that. We always um, kind of end with one one question. Uh, we like to ask people who are involved in growth. What do you feel like you understand about growth now today that maybe you didn't understand as well a couple of years ago, maybe before you started Better Me? Oh, 
maybe like my yoga teacher once told me, don't react and act the time you spend in negative reaction, you will be better spent on acting. I think that's good advice inside and outside of growth for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, yeah, there's definitely so much learning here, but I, I think the biggest my biggest takeaway through this conversation is that, um, you know, in, in speaking about how you're approaching growth and, and approaching the business, um, it, it's no different than how I see the best companies in Silicon Valley approaching growth. And I think it's, uh, it's a fantastic testament to the world we live in now that, um, that it doesn't matter where you are, you, you have access to uh, the best uh, process and, and, and approach to um, success with startups, it's the information is all there. And, and so I think the advantage of being in Silicon Valley is probably uh, dropping significantly when entrepreneurs like yourself can, can do this from Ukraine or from, from really probably any country in the world now. So that's my biggest takeaway. Ethan, Thank you have you, yeah, for me, I, I agree with that um, as well, Sean. And, and it was also interesting you know, to hear you talk about Victoria, just the fact that growth has been, growth is a daily, is a daily grind, not in a, in a negative way, but that, you know, if you're looking for that magic, that one day magic, you might be on the wrong path, but rather, you know, you go through every day, you build an organization, you build the processes and use data intelligently to try to grow um, and just try to get everyone aligned towards that common goal, um, without, you know, without looking for magic tricks to get you there. Um, I think that's the, uh, it's a good approach. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so Victoria, thank you so much for the time today. And, and we're really excited to, uh, continue to watch the success that you have with better me and for everyone listening to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the Breakout Growth Podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, subscribe so you never miss a show. Until next week.